I have had several of these where, you know, so-and-so acquaintance referred me to this person, but the, the absolute pinnacle is when I had a guy call me out of the blue, wanted to talk about listing his house. And when he told me who referred me to him, I had no idea who he was talking about. None. Yeah. So you actually, you're now at the point where you've rolled the snowball so big with your database and your sphere that you're getting referrals from people who have never even worked with you. Absolutely. This is the Platform Marketing Show, where we interview the most creative and ambitious real estate agents in the country, dissect their local marketing strategy, and get the behind the scenes scoop on how they're generating listing leads and warm referrals. We'll dive into the specifics of what marketing campaigns are working for them, how much they're spending on those campaigns, and figure out how they have perfected what we call the platform marketing strategy. This is your host, Tim Shermack. I'm the founder and CEO of Platform. I love marketing and I talk too much. So let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Platform Marketing Show. I'm here today with Neil Cox, who's a realtor in Louisville, Kentucky, and I just recently learned how to pronounce it correctly. Louisville, you, not Louis. You were close. Louisville. I was close? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, Neil, hot damn. Neil has a cool story. Uh, Neil joined Platform. Neil, was it back in 20, 2008? 2019. Okay, so 2019. So you've really been in the Platform for less than two years. Uh, right at about two years. It was okay. like spring or early summer 2019. And okay. And Neil's, Neil's GCI, he actually just sent me over kind of a spreadsheet he had compiled of his production the last couple of years. And his uh, GCI the year before platform was $64,000. That was kind of like the control, right? That that was like before platform, $64,000. Yep. Neil, do you want to share with the class <laughs> what you're projecting your GCI to be this year? Keeping in mind that while we're recording this podcast, it's in June, just in case you're listening to this, you know, months or years into the future. Yeah. So uh, what the, the numbers Neil is about to share really aren't reflecting all the business he'll probably pick up and end up closing in Q3 and Q4 of this year. And so, Neil, where is your business at just right now in terms of what's already closed under contract, you know, and set to close in the next couple months? Let's see. I've got about, um, it'll it'll be about 300,000 in, in GCI. Um, that is either under contract, um, active listings already closed or then something solid that's coming up like a uh, seller that I'm listing their property. We're going to buy. We're not, we're not there yet, but uh, that kind of idea. This is not pie in the sky. Hey, I talked to this lady. Yeah. So really like in terms of what's already under contract, you told me it's pretty close to 250. And then when you add in like, you know, deals that you're basically 99% sure are going to close, but they're just not yet technically under contract. Correct. You're basically at 300,000 for this year. Yep. And you, when you started, Gosh. you were at more like 60, 60,000 in GCI. So it would actually be accurate to say that these, these uh, platform marketing strategies didn't just like quadruple your business. What is after quadruple? Quintuple. Quintuple. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I should have paid more attention in school. <laughs> it's it's actually quintupled your business. I think that's the first time I've ever said that 
on wow. a podcast where it's like that that degree of business growth. But the interesting thing is, this isn't like an overnight success story where Neil signed up and within 90 days he's making, you know, 300 grand a year in GCI. It took you about 2 years to get there. So Neil, walk us through what that business growth looked like. Like what were the results in the first six months or the first year? Because I know it's not something where you were just absolutely floored or blown away in the first six months. No, it was platform. Um, you know, I was I was looking for something when because I was here, you know, ma- as you said, making like 60K GCI, that's not even profit. That's, you know, a gross number. So and I left a teaching job to do this. So I was making less than uh, what I was making teaching and I wanted to grow. So I started looking, you know, web searches of this and and finding a book on this. I had this idea of like curating an entire Pinterest board of all the neighborhoods in Louisville, um, doing weird things like going and sitting at a coffee shop with a, a sign that said, ask me about real estate or something like that. And just, just brainstorming all these sessions. And I guess Tim's marketing picked up that I was looking for marketing for real estate services somehow. So I start getting served his ads on Facebook. And I had gone to a webinar because that was, that was my first contact with them was going to a webinar. Okay. Uh, so you weren't, you weren't referred to us or you didn't have any like personal connections to platform at all. You actually just clicked on one of our Facebook ads correct, way back. Correct. Um, I had gone to a different webinar like the week before that was just abysmally awful. Um, it was like, oh, this sounds cool. This could be a way to grow. And I go to it and all it is is like, hey, buy this thing, whatever it was. There was no substance to it at all. So Was that one of our webinars or was that someone else's webinar? It was webinar? someone else. Okay, because I was going to say, this conversation got real awkward. No, 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 no. This was before (laughs) yours. So then I signed up to go to your (laughs) webinar, and I guess it was Mitch that I was talking to. I was like, so is this just a sales pitch, or is there something to this? And he says, well, it's both. He says, there'll be a thing to, uh, you know, asking for information and uh, ability to sign up at the end. He said, but there is actual meat on the bones on this. And and he was correct. And, And I go in. And it was such a, such a logically well put together webinar that I could see it. I could see the, the possibilities. And when I talked to them, you know, they're like, if, uh, if your market's already taken too bad. So I asked him, you know, right after the webinar, they're like, well, it's open. And I think maybe you all had had someone previously here. I'm not sure. And, I didn't sign up on the spot because the cost, it's not super cheap. And had I done that, my wife would have killed me. When I, <laughs> when I told my wife what I wanted to spend on this marketing thing, she about had a cow right then and there because we really couldn't afford it at that time. Um, it was kind of a leap of faith. Um, my... My hope at that time was that I wasn't getting scammed. Um, 
that that was what I was hoping for. So not only was I getting scammed. Well, I'm glad I'm a I'm glad that we started our business relationship with a very low bar where all platform had to prove is that we were not literally scamming you and then it was a win. That was it. <laughs> and that's awesome. And, and and they followed through. And so I'm like, okay, cool, not scamming me, but the platform experience. I mean, it's more, I didn't just hire a marketing agency. I'll say that. Um, it has been maybe quintuple what I imagined. How's that? It it's, uh, goes hand in hand with my expected or expected growth this year. Yeah. We're going to have to just find as many creative ways as possible to work in that word quintuple into this mm -hmm. podcast just to make good use of it. Uh, that's incredible though. So you just clicked on one of the ads way back when you mm -hmm. watched one of our webinars. And by the way, for folks listening, uh, you know, the webinars we do, I actually haven't done one in a year. Oh, wow. So this is actually really interesting. Uh, we'll share some inside baseball about platforms ads account, you know, and how we attract realtors. We used to do webinars all the time, but in the last year, we are getting so many referrals from our clients that like we're kind of growing at the rate right now that we are just comfortable with, you know? And so we haven't had to do any like paid ads driving to webinars to get new clients in literally a year. That's amazing. And we're still growing. We're still growing every month. I think we've grown the company in the last year probably 25% or something wow. like that, even in like a really difficult year for realtors, right? Like the real estate market's tough. And we've grown that much just with referrals. And so, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 literally been a year since I've done a webinar just because people keep telling their friends about us and that's how we've been growing. So that's cool. But yeah, I mean, when we when we did webinars, to get back on track here, uh, when, we, when we did webinars, it was always something I actually felt personally passionate about that you deliver real value on a webinar because mm -hmm. I've been on the other end of it, right? I've been the person who clicks on a webinar because I'm interested in whatever topic and I figure like, hey, you know, I'll listen to this for 60 minutes. And it's it's kind of one of those uh, calculations where you're thinking, well, if I get one or two good ideas and the rest of it's fluff, if I have to spend 60 minutes to get one or two good ideas, it's actually probably worth it, right? But that got super annoying because I think a lot of marketers realize that. Mm -hmm. And so when they do webinars, you know, and at the end there's some pitch for their product or company, it is straight up just like inspirational, motivational fluff for the first 59 minutes. And then it just goes into a pitch at the end. And you're kind of left thinking like, oh, I kept waiting and waiting and waiting, thinking that the content and thinking that the actual substance was going to come and it never came. It was just a bunch of fluff and then a pitch. So when I put together slides for webinars and we're teaching realtors, like my mentality has always been like, let's just completely over deliver based on what the person might be expecting is going to be on this webinar. Like, let's actually share all the specific ideas of the Facebook ads. We'll tell you how to, how to target them, the specific videos that you should be filming. Like, let's just give away everything. And if the right agent is listening to it and they, and they realize like, Hey, this sounds like a brilliant marketing plan, but honestly, I probably don't have time to do this. Then they'll reach out to us and they'll hire us, you know? And if someone wants to steal our ideas, that's fine too. Had you hidden the sauce on that, I probably would not have signed up. It was the fact that you laid it out. Here's what we do and here's how it's going to work. And then at the end, uh, when, when I'm talking to Mitch, he says, hey, here's some phone numbers of some people. Give them a call. 
and you know the 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 social proof there too like you know hey this is actually working for people yeah so let me ask you neil because this is something i've heard from a lot of agents that end up joining platform did you reach out to other people like did you do research kind of beyond the obvious testimonials and case studies of the agents that, you know, Mitch gave you? Because, you know, often, right, if you're signing up for a marketing service or any type of service, right, you go to their website, you look at testimonials, and you kind of have to have your guard up. Like, you need to be skeptical mm-hmm. because it's like, well, of course, the names and the phone numbers they give you as, like, references, right? Of course, they're going to give you the happiest clients, the ones getting the best results. And I know, like, one thing that, Um, A lot of realtors have told me like after they make the decision to join platform, what they told me is like, hey, the real reason I signed up wasn't even, you know, the, you know, your uh, Facebook ads or your testimonials, which were all impressive. But it's like, guess what? Lots of companies have testimonials because they obviously are just cherry picking the very best examples. Mm -hmm. Right. But they said what what made me make the decision to finally try platform and just give it a try was that when I started reaching out to people that I found out just, you know, with some basic Googling and research, I found out that they were platform clients, but they weren't listed as like public testimonials. All of those people had amazing things to say about platform too. Wow. So it, it, it wasn't just like the, the public, you know, case study type clients that were getting good results. It seems like everyone was, uh, was happy to. So I'm like, I'm curious, did, did, did you reach out to anyone or how many people did you call or what did that process look like for you? And by the way, for those listening, I just want to add this for those listening to this, I promise we're going to loop this back into marketing strategies for realtors. So just hang on one second. Well, if I remember correctly, the list was enough to convince me. And then I went and checked out those people's websites I didn't even call because to me, it was like, well, if they gave me a list, the people are going to say it's awesome. There's not going to be people that say, well, they gave you my number, but it's crappy. So I didn't, I didn't feel the need. (laughs) Yeah. The, the proof was that there were people out there that could vouch for it. I go to their website, look at their stuff and like, oh, wow, this is really, this really is a thing. That's cool. That's cool. So, you know, for all the, for all the agents listening to this, Right. Like, like, I don't want to spend the entire hour talking about platforms marketing. Right. Let's talk about marketing for actual realtors. Mm -hmm. and Let's get into Neil's story. But like, as we're as we're thinking about this, this this sales cycle. Right. Because that's what it is. It's the sales Mm -hmm. cycle of realtors doing research and like the due diligence to uh, to uh, consider hiring a marketing company like platform. Realize that like buyers and sellers in your market are going through the same thing. Right. We often think of like generating leads and getting appointments as like this very calculated, mathematically precise process where, oh, I buy leads from a certain source, whether it's Google, pay-per-click, Facebook, you're getting leads from Realtor Zillow, Ylopo Curator, Boomtown, whatever, right? You think it's like, oh, I spend money, a lead contacts me, right? But you're missing the entire process of what happens to make uh, to make that lead generation process feel so reliable, right? That person probably spent one, two, three, four, five, six months behind the scenes, slowly, silently doing research, like mm-hmm. checking you out on Facebook, looking for homes on Zillow, whatever. And you only see the very last part of that process where they actually reach out to you and they click an ad and opt in. But more than likely, that person has been kind of like 
doing their research, checking you out for months and months. You know, so what we try to do at Platform and what we're going to start talking about here with Neil is like some examples of Neil's ads, right, that are specifically written in such a way to appeal to that person who's doing research, but they're probably not yet ready to reach out for whatever reason, right? Because everyone has everyone has their own timeline. And so it makes sense for someone like Neil that like, hey, he didn't get crazy results in his first 90 days or even his first six months with platform. And he got he got positive financial results in his first year. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Neil, what was what was your uh, what was your ROI in the first year that you kind of started the the uh, platform marketing strategy? Well, in in 2019, I ended up with 95,000 in GCI. And Okay, so and 28,000 of that was directly from platform. So if you do the math there, it's the previous year's GCI of around 60,000 plus what came from platform. And it was interesting all four those were that was four deals and they all closed on the same day. Really? Yeah. Well, that was a nice day. It was. <laughs> so your 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 first year, you're profitable, right? Mm-hmm. Like it looks like, hey, I hired platform. I added an extra about 30 grand to my GCI. My wife's not gonna kick me out. You know, <laughs> at least I showed that this thing is paying for itself, right? But let's be honest, that's not life-changing results. No, right. No, it's not. It's not like, hey, we're gonna go buy a yacht because I made an extra thirty thousand dollars this year. Cause a lot of that ends up going out to fees and advertising budgets and taxes, obviously. And so it's not life-changing results, but you you saw the growth. So what convinced you? This is like the real question, right? This is like the question behind the question. Mm-hmm. What convinced you to stick with it that second year, knowing that after the first year, your business grew a little bit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like amazing, right? A lot of people would have quit at that point. They would have been like, oh, well, I expected a lot more out of the, you know, my first year. What convinced you to stick with it? Because I think both of us know that had you not stuck with it, had you quit at some point in 2020, you would not be on pace this year to make $300,000. Absolutely. So the the sales funnel that I'm sure people are are familiar with, you know, I squeezed out 28,000 that at the end of the year there directly from platform. But at the top and middle of the funnel, I had so much going on. Still, I was talking to people, I was running ads, I was doing everything. And there was, there was still so much happening. Uh, When I first started, I was on a team that provided some leads from sync commissions, Inc. Okay. Okay. And I mean, those things are hard to close and I'd close one every now and then, but nothing else was going on. You know, you're like, okay, I've got this one I've had a conversation with this one person, but with platform, it's okay. I close these four on one day, but I have 30 conversations going on. So you, you basically looked out and you always saw there was a big pipeline in the future Mm -hmm. there of like you, you always had leads that, you know, it's like, Hey, I don't know their exact timeline, but I know that I have a ton of buyers and sellers that are probably six months, eight months, nine months out, or even even a year out, but I know they're there. Yeah, because conversations happen daily with multiple people. And so you you just extrapolate and you say, well, if I, if I keep up with this, 
this stuff's going to happen. Neil, how how long did it take for you to really be able to like look look your wife in the eye and you both knew like okay, I I made a good decision with this. Like this is paying off. Like this was the right decision. And what I mean, because your first year you know, like I said, you made a little bit more money, but it's not really life changing, right? It's not like a case study type testimonial result right. where you're going to go shout it from the rooftops that platform helped me make an extra $28,000 this year. Like that's nice, but it's not life changing, right? At at what point was it halfway through the second year? So was it like 18 months in? Or I mean, how long did it take for you to really feel like, oh man, this is this is really paying off. Like now I know I made the right decision and I know my wife's not just not only not mad at me, she's probably really glad that we made this decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably right before the end of year two and and into year three. It's this year because when this year started, um, I had business it was going, but it took it's been the the year developing where I've said, oh, wow, look at what's really happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for you, you would say like the, the major growth in your brand that obviously resulted in a bunch of people calling you to list their house and people calling you because they want to buy a house, like that didn't happen in six months. Nope. Neither did it happen in 12 months. It kind of started happening around 18 months, but it really took you nearly two years to get to that point. Yep. And, and 2020, um, you know, I, I was all ready to go, like made all these plans at the end of 2019. Okay, I'm going to do this. And then I go in on the first Monday of 2020 and I'm starting with all these systems and implementing this and that. And then COVID happens and my business completely died. I had things fall out of contract. I had buyers that were looking, stop looking. And no matter what, what follow-up I did, with anything, there was just nothing there. It was just not happening. And it wasn't until about May or June in 2020 that things picked up. And then that half of 2020 still ended up being my best year ever. Um, then 2021 starts and it's going good, but it was it was probably April May before I before it was like hey you know to the wife even hey come look at this spreadsheet what's happening she's like holy yeah so it so I'd say it took about two years to get to where it is just a, a it, it's like a runaway train at this point at this point yeah it it. it it took about two years to where you'd be comfortable using the phrase life-changing. Yes. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Like in the first year you made a little bit more money. Cool. But it wasn't really transformative or life-changing until about the second year. And I've, I've always thought that's a really interesting dynamic with realtors um, who are implementing this platform strategy because you know, thinking about waiting two years or, you know, with some agents that happen sooner, sometimes it only takes nine months to a year to really kick in. Right. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be different for everyone, but it is a constant narrative that I hear that like, yeah, you know, I, I knew it was working in a technical sense in the first six months 
or the first nine months, but it really didn't start to blow up in terms of like tons of commission checks, you know, Mm -hmm. until about a year or until about 18 months or in your case, even two years. Mm -hmm. Right. And I find that interesting as, as a marketer, because it's simultaneously a challenge because we have to convince the agents that are brave enough to start this marketing strategy. Like we have to convince them, Hey, stick with it. Yep. You know, do not give up six months in, do not give up nine months in, stick with it and it'll work, you know? So it's kind of a challenge in that sense. But the, but the other side of the coin is that it becomes a competitive advantage in some ways, the longer it takes to work, because you know that your competition isn't going to copy you. Like your competition does not have that vision and that patience. Um, and, you know, frankly, they, they don't have the courage to stick with a marketing program for 18 months or two years, if that's how long it actually takes to really truly kick in. Right. Right. And so it kind of gives you peace of mind. And it seems like it attracts a different customer for you guys because, you know, we've got a closed private Facebook group of all of your clients and, and you and your team. And we interact in there regularly. And my mom's in there too, just so everyone knows. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it clean then. Um, the the agents, the the insights, the experience, and just the the social capital that everyone has in there. You're not you're you're not leading the blind, so to speak. You've got high quality, great agents that know a lot about a lot of stuff, and they're a great resource. And so, you know, taking taking two years to work, like we could probably talk about this all day because I think that alone is like, that alone is crazy. That like, yeah, you get a little bit of results, but it really took two years to kick in. Like, what was your wife telling you this entire time? Or what was your, what was your broker telling you or other agents you knew this entire time? Because, you know, surely they probably saw a lot of the ads or the videos that you were, that you were running and I'm sure that they looked at like your uh, your uh, production numbers and they're like, okay, it looks like Neil's doing all these, you know, try, trying all these marketing ideas, but his business really isn't blowing up. Like, did you have any, like, I don't want to use the word haters because that's a cliche term, but did you have any people who it seemed like they doubted you or who were skeptical of like, why are you, why are you trying all these marketing ideas? You know, like, I think what is, what is the point of all that? I think I got enough from it to keep that at bay, you know, my wife was not like, Hey, we got to really look at this. Also, um, at the beginning of 2020, I brought on a lender partner, um, who pays part of my marketing budget, which means that my margin is better so that I was able to keep it going longer with medium results. And sure. And, and sure. you know, just kind of like hiring platform on faith, sticking with it on faith because you, you know, we're here. Here we're two years from seeing this webinar. I, I can hardly remember anything from it. But what I do know is that I interact with agents in our Facebook group on a daily basis, and people say, "Oh, this is crazy! Someone just called me out of the blue, and I'm listing a million dollar property tomorrow." Or hey, this this ad had 50,000 views or, or whatnot. And it's enough to where we can see it working in other people before it's working 
a hundred percent for us. So it just kind of like keeps you, it keeps you motivated mm -hmm. seeing other, uh, other agents success stories. Yeah. And this podcast, um, back in, I guess, February ish, when the very first episodes of this were released, um, I wouldn't, I would not have categorized my success as case study worthy at that time. But I start listening to these agents and it's like, all right, let's go film some videos. Let's go do what we need to do. It, there's enough there that you can see it even when it hasn't happened yet. I think that's, I think that's a really interesting point you just made that when we, when we debuted this podcast, right, you were still one of the agents that was like kind of in awe looking up to some of the agents that I had interviewed on here because you were thinking, wow, they're in this different level of success than I've had. And like, I'm doing fine. You know, I'm, I'm a successful realtor, but like, whoa, look at those agents that are getting interviewed on the platform podcast. Like they're really crushing it. Like maybe, maybe one day I'll have results like them. Exactly. That was exactly what my thoughts were. It's like, I, I would love to. And, and listening to it, you know, you, you get some motivation to keep going, but you're doing the exact same things that they are doing. So what is the expected result? The same results they have. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. So Neil, uh, let me ask you a couple specific questions mm -hmm. on like what the actual ads are that you're running, you know, what your actual marketing plan has looked like these last couple of years, because I probably can't say it enough. It's absolutely insane to take a business from like $60,000 a year to 300,000. I mean, like that just doesn't happen randomly you know, oh yeah, I don't know. I guess I just got a lot of referrals this year. It's like no one's business spontaneously grows from sixty to three hundred thousand just because the market's hot no, or whatever. No, you, you know? can't like dumb your way into that. You might dumb yeah, your way very, into from sixty to eighty, something like that. Yeah, I mean, very, very clearly the marketing and the the ads that you're running to generate leads are driving that are driving that business growth. And mm -hmm. so let's dive into what some of the specifics of those ads are. So uh, the first one I want to bring up is the buttered brioche Sunday. <laughs> and people listening to this are just like, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, so I was actually speaking at a, a, a real estate conference in Louisville where, where Neil is. It just happened to be in his hometown. Uh, it was the real estate distilled uh, conference. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was one of like the speakers there. And, uh, you know, I think on, on one of the afternoons we had off, you know, uh, we headed over to like an ice cream, a local ice cream parlor, I guess, near the hotel kind of in downtown Louisville. Uh, Neil, what was it called again? What's the name of the business? Louisville Cream. Louisville Cream. Yep. And so I love ice cream. That's a fun fact for anyone listening to this in case you just wanted to learn more personal facts about Tim Shermack. I love ice cream. It's like one of my passions in life. And so whenever I'm traveling somewhere, like I have to find a locally owned ice cream parlor, you know, ideally a place that makes their own ice cream, not just someone who's like a retailer for some national brand of ice cream, but like ideally they make it there. And so I go to Louisville cream and it's just like amazing. Like they have this, they had this Sunday that was being promoted called the buttered brioche Sunday. And Neil, I'll let you explain it, but it's almost like this like fine art masquerading as, as a dessert. It is. It involves 
um, some, I guess it's like French toast or something like that. And then ice cream on it and all this stuff, but it's, it's finished with a blowtorch and it, it's kind of a joy just to watch them do this. And when we had hooked up, I think you and Mitch had already had it a couple times. You're like, Neil, yeah, you- <laughs> we, we were, we were only in Louisville, I think for like three days. And I think we went there and had buttered brioche Sundays like four, four times in three days. Yeah. Like that's how good they were. I didn't even know about this place. Um, there's, there's a restaurant right next door or very close to it that we went to for dinner that I, that I love that place. And, and then you guys are like, no, you got to check out next door. And Tim pulls out his phone and says, okay, here's what we're doing. And I'm like, oh, oh, what? We're making an ad? So he gives me very few directions and just starts filming. And essentially, I order one of these things. And then the star of the show is the guy behind the counter and then the buttered brioche sundae because it is something that's really cool to watch being made. He's blowtorching. He's pulling this. He's doing that. And when it comes out, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, he pours like condensed milk and caramel and like sugar all over this fresh sliced piece of bread from a local bakery. I mean, just the story is amazing. Like like you can almost taste the story when you're, when you're eating it. Right. And then to like caramelize all of it, he just, you know, like covers it in flames with a blowtorch. And so all, all Neil did was I was like, Hey, Neil, go up and order that. And I'm going to film you ordering it. And then as soon as he ordered it, I just turned the camera on the guy making it. It was basically like what a 60 second video just of the guy making the dessert and then at the end, you know, I followed you over and I'm filming the whole time as you walk over and pay for it and take the first bite. But the interesting thing about this video, right, is that, you know, because at, at some point I should probably stop fantasizing <laughs> about the dessert, just get to the marketing point of this story, right? The, the, <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing about this video is that you got, I mean, what was it, 50,000 video views on this video yep. or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it went like it went like viral in the Louisville area and there's no fancy graphics, no animations, no video editing. There's not like multiple cuts that we spliced together in post and then made this cool looking fancy video. Right. No lower thirds, no animations, no titles, no nothing. It's just a video of like Neil walking up like, hey, guys, this is one of my favorite desserts here in Louisville. Then he goes and orders it. And then the rest of the video is just like a close up of the person behind the counter making this dish, right? And then so that's it. That's all it is. And then Neil runs this as a retargeting ad um from his realtor Facebook page and it's just showing to all the people that have clicked on his recent real estate ads, right? Like homes reports and new listing ads and open houses and all all the various lead gen ads that platform runs to actually generate leads. Now the next day, you know, on like Instagram and on Facebook, this video is popping up of I think like the the title we went with was kind of like hyperbole and it was like this is the best dessert in all of Louisville mm-hmm. or something like that. So that like title or you know that that headline kind of ropes you in. Cuz if you're just scrolling through Insta or scrolling through Facebook, you know, and then this titled video pops up of the best dessert in Louisville and and you see blowtorches involved, you're like you're 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 going to watch the video, yep. right? But the cool thing was anyone who watches that video is also watching you mm-hmm. because you're in the video and it's coming from your page, obviously. So it starts to kind of build these uh, indirect, I guess, emotional bonds between all these people that are in your retargeting database and all these people following you on social media. And they know you're a realtor, but now they start to think of you as like, wow, this guy is just a local expert on Louisville. Like He even knows where all the cool places to, for example, grab dessert are. 
And mm-hmm. it was just a simple video, right? Like, I just want to emphasize that again, that like the video went viral, not because it was expertly edited or we had fancy camera equipment or professional mics or lighting or anything like that. It was filmed on an iPhone with no editing whatsoever, mm-hmm. like none. And, we just and took no the video file and up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No prep. There wasn't any like second takes or anything. We just went and filmed it. And that video got 50,000 video views as as a retargeting ad in the Louisville area. And so I think that was probably, I mean, I would imagine that was one of the early times where you think, okay, there's something to this strategy, you know, of it's like the one-two punch. Step one is get leads who are, you know, clicking on actual real estate ads, right? Mm-hmm. Like homes lists and homes reports and new listing ads and whatnot, like get actual real estate leads. And step two is simply stay in touch with them in a creative way that just mm-hmm. reminds them that you exist, you know, cause all you have to do is stay top of mind long enough for them to finally be ready to sell their house. And all that we want to do is in that moment, whether it's three months from now or nine months from now, when they're finally ready to actually sell their house, we just want them to think of you mm-hmm. because you have enough interesting videos out there. And I had um, kind of a, an example of how this works done to me. So every now and then there'll be a new video idea that um, another agent has done within the platform network. And we'll be talking to our account manager and they'll say, hey, go look at this person's video as an example, because our markets are exclusive. We're not competing with anybody. And um, one of the videos was done by Amy Lucas that's down in the space coast of Florida. And what happens is you go to their page, you watch their video. Well, now you're in there. And their- by the way, we actually we actually recently did a podcast episode mm-hmm. with Amy. So after this episode, go listen to the episode with Amy because that one's super, super inspiring yep. too. But Neil, go on. So I ended up in her retargeting list because I had clicked on her stuff on her page. So now every time I'm scrolling Facebook for months, I see Amy, I see this agent. on the space coast of Florida. I've never met her. I don't know anything about her. And and that happens for months. All of a sudden, I feel like I know her. Uh, Forward to the end of 2020 in Minneapolis, where we had a mastermind event. And I met her in person for the first time and already felt like I knew her. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. This is how people feel when they meet me now. Yep, because they've been, you know, you were seeing her ads for six months or however long it was. You finally meet her and you kind of just kick off a conversation because you feel like you know her, you know, and that's exactly what's happening in your market this entire time is, you know, someone clicks on one of your, you know, let's say open house this weekend ads. And then the next time they're on Facebook, they see this, is this the best dessert in all of Louisville ad? And it has nothing to do with real estate, right? It's, there's, there's no like, secret tie-in at the end where we try to loop it back into homes for sale or something. It's just like a video of, hey, I think this is the best dessert in Louisville. And it just happens to be coming from your page. And so mm-hmm. the reason we, you know, the reason we would categorize that as a marketing victory is that you're in the video. It's coming from your page. And so people will remember you, right? Yep. And then if a couple of days later they see a nar- you know, another retargeting ad from you, you know, and then a couple of days later another one, eventually when they're ready to sell their house, like what realtor do you think they're going to think of? Yeah, that's right. You know, like, of course, of course, they're going to think of you. And, and I assume that it is is the same in other markets, but you can't throw a rock in Louisville without hitting like six real estate agents, 
we've got way more real estate agents than we do listings. So I'm not necessarily the only agent that people know. Um, right, right. But they're choosing me over other people because they, they feel like they're getting to know me. And one thing that I've found, especially this year, is people that I know that I haven't talked to maybe in years are starting to reach out to me when, and I know for a fact they know other agents because they're they're mutual acquaintances or friends, but they're they're reaching out to me because they keep seeing my face. Yeah, and so a lot of that content you know that we're putting out there with with the retargeting ads, um, you know, both on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. If someone sort of knew you from a long time ago, but they you know they're not really close friends, mm -hmm. right? Um, but they technically knew you, whether it's from high school or it was a, someone you took a class with in college or whatever, right? A friend of a friend from church or your kid's school or whatever. Uh, the difference that platform makes in someone's business over the long term is that all of those really weak ties on kind of the outer rims of your social network start to call you and work with you yep. where before they probably weren't like you were only getting the referral business from like close family members or coworkers who really knew you well, or they people who really knew your wife really well, like actual friends, right? Mm -hmm. What platform does is we're putting so much content out there, you know, both with photos and videos that they're like, Oh, that's right. Neil. Yeah. You know, I remember Neil from college or, you know, I met Neil at such and such. And then if they need a realtor, at some point, you know, in the next year, or they're having a conversation maybe with a friend who needs a realtor, they're a lot more likely in that moment to be like, hey, you know, I actually have a good friend. He's a great agent, Neil, you know, and I think there's a correlation too. And you, you, you can never really prove this unless you did like a long term double blind study, you right. know, but I've seen enough over and over and over again, like anecdotal instances of agents telling me this that uh, how, how enthusiastically your sphere refers you is a function of how many retargeting ads you have going at any given time. Because if they're constantly seeing you, even if none of those retargeting ads uh, specifically are talking about like how great of an agent Neil is, or here's five logical reasons that Neil is better than other agents, or I sold so many homes last year and that proves why I'm, you know, more competent <laughs> than other realtors or whatever, right? Like we're not making often like technical claims in the ads that say I'm better than other realtors and here's why. Cause that just comes off as douchey, right? Yeah. And, but like, and everybody, the, you know, everyone markets that way. Yeah. Right. Right. But the more like the, the greater frequency that they're seeing new ads from you. Again, whether they're photos or videos, it could be, hey, this is the best dessert in Louisville. Or maybe the next one is just a photo of you holding a cheeseburger because you discovered a new burger place in Louisville that you want to tell the world about. Or mm -hmm. maybe it's a photo of you with one of your kids, or maybe it's you jumping into a pool, whatever, right? Like yep. all the various retargeting ads that we run the more people are seeing this, the more they kind of subconsciously just assume that like, hey, you know, if Neil's constantly marketing and I keep seeing him, he must be a good realtor. Absolutely. Right. So I'm going to tell my, I'm going to tell my friends that he's a good, trustworthy realtor, even though they've never done like independent research to verify that you're actually an excellent, competent agent. I mean, because technically for all they know, 
you could just be really good at marketing and you could be like the shittiest agent ever. That's true. Right? Like you could just be really, really good, I guess, at like manipulating social media or making it look like you're competent. But that's how the human brain works, that's right? right? That's a that's a constant theme I try to um, impress on all the agents in the platform is that we like to think that people make logical decisions that like they do their research and there's tons of due diligence and they're maybe making T-charts of the pros <laughs> and cons of Neil versus this other agent of who am I going to list my home with, right? Like how, how many years of experience does Neil have? Or does he have a college degree? Or how many homes do you sell last year? Or, you know, like all these things that they might compare realtors. Like no one's doing that. No. And no one's, no one's doing that. No. And I have had several of these where, you know, so-and-so acquaintance referred me to this person, but the, the absolute pinnacle is when I had a guy call me out of the blue wanted to talk about listing his house. And when he told me who referred me to him, I had no idea who he was talking about. None. Yeah. So you actually, you're now at the point where you've rolled the snowball so big with your database and your sphere that you're getting referrals from people who have never even worked with you. Absolutely. So like you're, you're, you're getting referrals, not just from past clients, but like, total strangers that have still never even met you are confident enough that, Hey, this Neil guy really looks like he knows what he's doing. I see a lot of his ads that they're referring their friends to you, even though they themselves have never worked with. Correct. You. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really cool. And that's what marketing success looks like. Cause again, like people are not making these decisions logically, rationally. It's a very, uh, emotional and like primal decision-making process. Like most people, you know, they would never admit this, right? Because everyone wants to think they're really sophisticated. But most people make very intuitive gut decisions. It's kind of like, does it feel right mm -hmm. to work with Neil? You know, does he seem like a trustworthy guy, right? And if, you're, if your ads that you're putting out there into the world, you know, build up slowly and over time kind of this reputation that Neil seems like a trustworthy guy. He seems like a cool guy. That's going to result in way more business over time than just bragging about how many homes you sold or what your volume was or how many years you've been in the business or only ever posting about real estate. Like, you know, the agents who post every time they have a closing or every time that a sign goes in the yard or whatever. Not that you shouldn't be doing those things, right? But that that shouldn't be the only marketing that you're doing because right. ultimately people don't really care they just want to feel that that peace of mind of knowing like hey i think i made the right decision working with neil in in the same way right that it took some time for you to feel like hey i made the right decision working with platform and at first you couldn't necessarily justify that decision with raw numbers because the numbers weren't there yet mm -hmm. right but i'm i'm assuming the reason you stuck with platform you know and you saw it through and you trusted the system was that you had that gut like intuitive feeling of like, I like these guys. I like what they're doing. I feel like the marketing is working. Notice the word feel, mm -hmm. you know, cause you don't really have spreadsheets yet. You can't really say, Hey, I have all these closings, but you, you feel like it's working and that's what made the decision. And that's what, um, that's what helped you make the decision to keep using the platform strategy, even though you didn't get like absolutely mesmerizing life-changing results in that in that first year right i mean honestly took it sounds like two years yep and that's true and there's kind of a a cyclical thing because a lot of our strategy is to run 
video tours of listings. So when I was first in real estate, my listing presentation looked something like looking at their house and saying, yeah, here's how much and I'll put it on the MLS and follow up with people. But now I have a sophisticated listing presentation that shows an entire process of how we're going to put do video that I can guarantee the most eyes on their listing. And then you go and you say, look, when someone opts in, they end up in this database and I have their actual contact information that I can follow up with them and they're going to start getting hit, seeing more stuff from me. And then you use that video that you're proposing to make, you put it out there and you're getting more listings based on that video. So it's kind of a, a cyclical thing and it's, it makes your listing presentation now something that's impressive rather than, oh, okay, so you'll put it on the MLS for how much? But yeah, I mean, it's like you're, you're, you're proving that you do more than what other agents do. Absolutely. And then like you're actually different. And then from, from all that's happening, you know, I've got a note that's just called the idea list right now on my computer. And I'm like, oh, you know, I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. Uh, because um, my wife and I have slowly kind of expanded what we're doing and, me having an increased income like this is allowing us to do that. So I know that you've started uh, a, a few side businesses because you realized mm -hmm. the opportunity that you had with a lot of this marketing. Um, real quick, tell us about the side business of uh, selling, you know, uh, gift gift packages for for uh, other realtors. Because okay. it sounds like that's going. It sounds like that's going like pretty well for you. It is. Um, I had a closing at the end of 2018, this is pre-platform, uh, with some very close friends. And I thought, you know, I wanna get them a nice gift. This has been fun, I'm happy for them, it's a big celebration. And I had in my mind a gift bag shaped like a house that I was gonna buy. So I go on to Amazon, can't find it. Long story short, it doesn't exist. I mean, I was- Yeah, and you're like, how is this, how is this not for sale on Amazon? Something this obvious, Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, I'm, I'm there on page 30 on Google, like, well, it, it really doesn't exist. And so I said, heck, I'm going to make it. And what's funny, um, my wife's face, when I first pitched the idea of, I want to produce a gift bag that looks like a house. And she's like, you want to do what? And <laughs> it, I cold called uh, packaging distributors until I found someone to work with me. And through the process, I'm, I'm growing a side business company right now that sells these gift bags to realtors. And then we are slowly adding gifts and products to the line as well. And the, the core product that you're selling is like a, it's a heavy paper gift bag shaped like a house. That's the easiest way to mm -hmm. describe and, it. With, right? And with house artwork on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a fun kind of cool thing that, Realtors can use to put whatever gift, you know, if you get your client a bottle of wine or whatever you do as a closing gift, you can put it inside this special gift bag that's actually shaped like a house and has artwork on the outside to make it look like a house. And that's just a, you know, a lot more personal of a gift to give clients than some random generic gift bag. So how much are you selling these for, Neil? Um, 
we sell the so they come in five, ten, and fifty bundles. Probably sell tens the most. They're twenty seven ninety nine on welcomehomebags.com. Okay, so for anyone listening, if that sounds interesting to you and you want to get these custom gift bags, that's actually Neil's side business. So on top of being, you know, now I would say like you're a top producing realtor, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to make probably 300,000 this year in GCI. He also has a side business and I just want to make sure I get this right. It's welcomehomebags.com. Correct. And you can get 10 of them for under under 30 bucks. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, with that's free awesome. shipping. Neil, what has your sales been on that the last year? Um, so interestingly enough, um, I, based on my work with Platform, I was able to kind of dumb my way into some marketing on Facebook. Um, for in 2020, my wife and I, we were printing money. It was crazy. The Apple update to iOS 14 just slammed the brakes on the that for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been a kick in the nuts. Yep. So um, I reached out and had to hire a uh, a marketing agency that works with physical objects that to put together a huge funnel for me. You know, it's like three campaigns and 10 different ads in each campaign. It's huge. It took a long time for them to do. And we're working back up to where we were because we were grossing uh, twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a month in sales there for a while. That's that's fantastic. So mm-hmm. I mean, like the confidence you've gained over the last couple of years, not even just in real estate, but in business and marketing in general, gave you uh, gave you that inspiration to start the side company, which is now you know like depending on how the year finishes out, like this side company will probably do somewhere like a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars of revenue. Yep. Uh, and then there, there, you know, we we dabble in some uh, real estate investing as well. And then um, I've got a new um, side business that's going to work hand in hand with real estate that I'm starting right now. Like as we speak, I'm waiting for an email for the next step on putting this together. Um, and essentially, it is hard money lending, but the the pitch is right now in this market, you cannot get a contingent offer accepted hardly ever. And some people need to close on their sale before they can purchase. So there's different ways to go about it. You, There are banks that offer similar products, but it takes like 30 days because you have to go exactly. through all this stuff. So, exactly. so we're proposing to... And, and it will be a secured loan. There'll be a lien on the house. There'll be a note and a mortgage uh, to lend that little bit of capital so that people can free up that equity and move forward. Yeah, just to like float people for whatever, a month or two so that they can find a house and they can sell their house with the confidence that like, you know, hey, we have we have money to tide us over, yep. essentially. And I mean, obviously, normally your home equity is not that liquid. And even though technically you think of it, you think of it as being your money, you have to go through the full-blown loan process to get access to your own money. You yeah. Know? So it's, you it's are potential you money. are solving Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're you're solving that problem on behalf of buyers and sellers, which I think is really cool. And I'm excited to have a brainstorm session with you at some point here in the next couple of weeks to write some ads for that. Cause I bet that will probably generate 
an even new source of buyer and seller leads for your business. Because maybe someone clicks on an ad, they opt in, they request more information. And for whatever reason, they find out like, hey, this really isn't a fit for me or you know, I don't think I like the fee you're charging or they don't quite qualify for it for, for whatever reason, right? They decide not to. It's like, well, cool. You still now have a lead. They'll, they might still want to work with you as their realtor. That's right. right? So it's kind of like a win-win. And, and that goes along with the ability to offer more service than the, the average agent. You know, if, if, uh, if their only pitch is I'm going to put your house on the MLS, you don't have a pitch. Not if you're up against me, that is. Yeah, I mean, you you really, with 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 a combination of, you know, these these side businesses you have, and I know that you actually have a podcast of your own mm -hmm. in the Louisville area, and all of the, the photos and the video campaigns that you're doing with platform marketing, you are positioning yourself as not just being a realtor, but just like the local real estate expert. And yes, I'm a real estate agent. Yes, I can help you buy and sell homes, but I'm also kind of in this broader, bigger picture level, a real estate expert in general, right? And That's so right. Like people are a lot, they're a lot more likely to refer you to their their friends and family because they feel like by referring you that you're, you know, you're so smart and you're so well-connected that when people refer people to you, I think there's an important, there's an important tipping point in professional services. When you make a referral, if your brand is strong enough, you know, and this is what we're always shooting for at Platform Marketing, right? We want our brand to be strong enough where when someone refers someone to us, they're not like spending social capital making that referral. They're actually enhancing their social capital because the person is so grateful that they referred them to platform because we're so good at what we do or we're so well respected at what we do that the person who got referred is actually like grateful to you for making the referral. Mm -hmm. So when you refer people, I just want to be really clear, right? You're not spending up scarce social capital because sometimes if you refer, you know, someone to something like you're kind of burning up social capital. It's mm -hmm. like, well, we'll see if this referral works out, but you're actually taking a risk making that referral. Like, any professional service business, whether it's me talking about platform or you, right, talking about your own business, you want to get to that point that your clients love you so much that they're going out of their way to send their friends and family to you because it actually makes them look good in the process that they were like lucky enough to be connected to you. Like it's almost like they're by referring people to you like, oh, by the way, I actually know Neil Cox. Yeah, like, really? You actually you actually know him because like you're positioned as almost a local celebrity where someone almost feels like they're bragging or it's like virtue signaling like, hey, I actually know Neil. Do you want me to give you his number? Yeah. Uh, and then you you are the local expert and you're but you're also the local person. So there's a custom T-shirt place right around the corner from where I live and they were advertising all of these just Louisville T-shirts. So I went in and bought five of them. I'm like, I'm just going to keep wearing these Louisville t-shirts and be the Louisville guy. Um, you know, I've got my own podcast, which is Talk About Town, and it's about Louisville. So um, it, it evolved a little bit. The first idea was it was going to be about real estate. Well, no one wants to listen to that. Um, but luckily, we didn't have to change the name to rebrand because we're still just talking about town. And now we have on human interest stories. Um, the last posted episode was with a uh, girl that just graduated high school from 
the children's hospital in town because she's waiting on a heart transplant and she's an awesome, awesome student and person. And who doesn't want to listen to that? You know, it's, it's just not about posting, Hey, list with me and I'll get your house sold. That's boring. Nobody wants that. So you've, 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 you've built this brand, you've quintupled your GCI in the last couple of years, which I mean, it's still like we're an hour into this conversation. I'm still kind of just like blown away. Like, holy crap, that is really, really impressive growth. You know, we, we mentioned that video, Neil, of, you know, this is the best dessert in Louisville. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other videos that you've done that when you, when you look back on kind of your canon of like retargeting campaigns, what are some of the ads that you really feel in hindsight, like, hey, that particular ad or that video drove a lot of business to me? So I was looking through in preparation for this, just some of the, the stats on different videos. And it's funny, you're like, oh, I love that video. Well, other people did too. It's counterintuitive what people are into. We did one video where it starts with me outside of my office door and I say, you know, I, I put all these uh, electronic ads together all the time. And it's not just me. I've got an entire team behind me and I open the door and my dogs and cats are in there. And you're like, guys, you're supposed to be working. You know, that has nothing to do with real estate. And the engagement on it was off the chart. And I have a lead gen ad right now that is for a homes list with full fenced houses. That's it. But the picture is me and my dog taking a selfie together and people love it. What kind of dog do you have? Uh, it's a lab mix. I got a beagle mix too, but the lab, the lab mix is the one in the, the photo. So it's basically this, this, this ad is a photo of you and your lab. Mm -hmm. And the, the call to action of the ad is like, hey, I've put together a free report of homes for sale that have a fenced in yard. So yep. if you have a dog that would want a fenced in yard, click here and I'll send you a list of it's, I mean, it's essentially all the homes for sale here in Louisville that have a fenced in yard. If you, if you have dogs. Right. Yep. And I, I love ads like that, right? Because like you're generating leads, but you're doing it in an interesting and creative way where it's not just like stock photos of homes, you know, mm -hmm. um, friend, friends don't let friends use stock photos in their ads. And you know, you're, you're putting that extra, extra little bit of creativity into it by featuring a photo of you and your dog. Mm -hmm. And so when, when this pops up on someone's newsfeed in that like moment, that split second, that's so crucial to having success with social media ads in that moment, they don't realize they're seeing an ad. Yeah. And, and the comments on it, it it's hilarious. People are commenting on the ad. They're like, Oh, he's such a good boy. Oh, so pretty, you know, all that. And, and, and we think they're talking about the dog. I think so. I'm not much to look at. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, they're, they're obviously talking about the dog. And, and then it's funny there, it took me five or six shots to get the one that I wanted to use. So there's some kind of blooper shots. And I posted that as a comment to us, um, like, Hey, he didn't want to participate in this. And then people start commenting on that. They're like, he's a good boy all the time. You know, it's, on, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. on a lead gen ad. So, um, yeah. And so like that, that ad is simultaneously building your brand and making people think of you, but it's also generating leads. And so, you know, so often in marketing, people think there's like a distinction 
between either you're lead generating or you're building your brand. Like it's like mutually exclusive. Like either you have to pick one or the other, right? And like this is a really cool example of an ad that we actually do with a lot of platform clients. I know a lot of the realtors that work with platform have a version of this ad, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like a picture of them and their dogs. And it's like, hey, by the way, if you want, you know, a free report of all the homes for sale here that have a fenced in yard, just click here and I'll send it to you for free. And it, you know, it, it gives people the warm fuzzies mm -hmm. and it's generating leads for you. So, I mean, like that's the ultimate marketing win. Uh, Neil, what other ads have you run when you, when you look back on the last couple of years that you feel like have just been really big wins for you, whether they're photos or, or video ads? It's counterintuitive, but these personal moment ads that we call them um, perform really well lately. Uh, and, and their reach grows and grows, you know, as my retargeting list grows, the reach grows. And I mean, I had one ad that was a picture of me grilling on, you know, it was like a Saturday evening and I'm grilling. I was like, oh, this make a good ad. Well, then people start commenting on that. It has nothing to do with real estate. I had one, um, my COVID project when my business died, I was like, I'm building a tree house. My kids are basically too old for that. So I have my youngest one come up and we take a picture of me and him in the tree house. And people love that. It, it's, it's so counterintuitive because you're, you're just, it's like you're using your feed as the same as you would your personal feed. And people appreciate that. And it's counterintuitive because, you know, you'll see agents in like, you know, agent groups that are just full of people across the country and their questions are like, Hey, do you, do you ever post business stuff on your personal page or, or vice versa? Or, Hey, have you ever done any social ads? What's, what's some good ad copy? It's like, it's, it's so much bigger than any of that. It's like that those questions are thinking small and with platform we're thinking big. Neil, uh, you know, when we, when we look at all these ads, obviously it's not free to run ads, um, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera. What, what is the actual dollar amount on the average month that you're spending on the actual ads budget? I know that obviously every month might be a little bit different. Some months are more or less, but I mean, is there a, is there a general average that you like to stick at in terms of the monthly advertising budget? I usually keep it at about a thousand dollars a month on ad spin. Um, when, all the COVID shutdowns happened. It was real funny. Um, Tim gets on our groups and starts saying, okay, guys, Facebook ads are for say, are on sale right now. Um, people are stuck at home. So the number of eyes increased. So when you're spending money, you're going further. So he says, while other agents are saying, oh, my business is dying. I need to scale this back. He says, scale it up. And I started throwing money that I technically didn't have at my ads budget during that time. And I had a month or two where it was like three or $4,000 a month. And I was, and here I'm, I'm at home not working. So I filmed a lot of videos to put that budget. My man. Yep. And I, I believe that I'm reaping the benefits of that now. Absolutely. That, yep. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you, you basically in the, in the couple, like the most scary months of, of COVID last year, you know, when like the world seemed like it shut down during March, April, May last year, you actually increased your ads budget yep. 
and you were spending more in those months than a lot of agents spend in an entire year, you know, and you were getting more results for it. Because what I what I said back then, you know, what I what I meant when I said like, hey, Facebook ads are on sale is that, you know, typically Facebook ads are governed by CPM and I'll spare people a really nerdy lecture, but CPM stands for cost per milli and milli is just the Latin term for a thousand, you know, milli meaning a millennium. And so it's just the metric that companies like Facebook use to say, hey, here's what we're going to charge you for a thousand impressions. Mm -hmm. So for every thousand people who see your ad, this is what it costs to run that ad, right? And typically, you know, CPM is different in every market, but like typically most of our realtors we work with are seeing CPMs of like, I'm just going to say $15, you know, could be a little bit less, could be more, but let's say 15 bucks. What we were seeing last year was it was like less than half of that. Like we were often running ads and the CPM was like $5. And so in some markets, it's like you could spend the same amount of money on ads and get three times as many people seeing your ads if you just had the courage to run ads during those scary months because so many people were at home on Facebook that the ads got cheaper, right? Just basic, basic supply and demand. And so what really ambitious agents did, like Neil here, is he's like, well, wait, if I'm getting like a basically two for one or even three for one special here, I might as well spend even more during this month because then I'm technically getting like 10 for one, you know? Yep. And I think the burden of proof would be on someone to demonstrate that that is not what caused your business growth in the last year rather than you having to somehow demonstrate that this is exactly why my business grew. Because I think it would take a lot of faith to believe that that wasn't what blew up your business. I mean, it, it would take more faith to believe that that had nothing to do with your business going from 60 to 300K than it would to believe that like, hey, I think there's some sort of cause and effect correlation there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's definitely some fuzzy ROI happening there. You can't always track it. You can't always look to A straight line to B. You know, I ran this ad or I spent this money and then boom, I got that closing. You know, it's not always that neat and organized when you look at the return on investment. But looking at all the ads you've done, you know, and the money you've invested in building your brand, like it's really honestly not surprising to me that you're now at this level of like approaching 300,000 in GCI, maybe even beyond. Cause if, if you pick up a bunch of business later this year, your yeah. GCI might not even be 300, it might be 360. And then we'll need to figure out what the next uh, verb is after quintupled. Cause I don't know. Oh is gosh. <laughs> sex, sextupled or. Yeah. It sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll uh, try to keep this PG 13, but uh, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, that's awesome that you had the courage to do that. When so many agents, you know, over the last year were like, hey, how do I, how do I cut expenses? How do I, how do I like reduce my marketing budget and lower my burn rate? And you just have the, you know, the boldness to say, no, I'm actually going to like increase when everyone else is trying to cut expenses. Like I'm going to zig when other people zag. Yep. Um, I would say the, the platform journey thus far, uh, there's been a lot of faith in it, but not faith on nothing faith that I'll get the same results as I've seen other people have. And I right. think the proof is, is there now. Neil, uh, as you've, as you've looked back on these last couple years, I know that like you start, you start generating leads right away and you're getting clicks right away. Right. And so even in the first month or two, when you start this, this process, like you, you, you kind of have early leading indicators that it's working. Right. But how long did it take you to actually have people in real life 
start telling you, oh yeah, I've seen your ads or, oh, you're that realtor. I've seen your videos or I've seen you on Facebook or, you know, how long did it take or like how often nowadays do you have people telling you that, oh yeah, I've seen your videos or, you know, maybe, maybe you meet someone and they're like, oh yeah, I know who you are. I've seen your videos, right? I'd say it took maybe a year or more before that really started happening. Um, you know, I had closed uh, leads that were directly from Facebook or from platform and Facebook before that started happening. Um, okay. I, I took the car into the shop um, recently and I'm explaining him and, and then he needs my contact info and he says, Oh, I know who you are. I watch your videos all the time. Uh, the, That's awesome. The thing that I keep finding is that I have people that I don't expect that I, that I maybe know and they have been watching. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, someone I know that lives out of the market will know and they'll be like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I see your videos all the time. And that's always surprising. I had a coworker from a long time ago. I mean, I probably haven't talked to her in 10 years. Um, she put a Facebook post about, uh, her daughter needing a washer and dryer used if somebody had them. And I've got all, all these deals going on that are going to result in some excess washers and dryers. So I say, hey, I, I may have an end to that. And we chatted a little bit and she said, yeah, they're moving to this apartment. This sounds perfect. And when they're ready to buy, we'll be calling you. It's like, oh my, my gosh. And I know for a fact, she knows several other agents um, and I haven't talked to her in 10 years and I'm going to be the one she calls. That's awesome. Uh Neil, are, are, there, are there any other closing thoughts or if, if you know there's realtors listening to this that are maybe discouraged with their marketing or feeling frustrated because maybe they've been trying to build a brand and maybe, you know, uh, they've, they've seen testimonials and they've, they've heard stories, they've heard, they've heard the legends, right, about realtors who really set out to build a local brand and that's what motivated them to get started. But they're kind of in that, that in-between period <laughs> where they're they're trying to build a brand they're trying to film some videos they're trying to maybe run some ads but they haven't yet hit pay dirt and they're not yet like reaping the benefits and they're not harvesting all that they've planted yet you know knowing that that was just you six months to a year ago yeah you, know, you would you would probably have categorized yourself as being in that category what would you tell them to just encourage them if maybe right now while they're listening to this podcast right now they're frustrated so at the beginning of 2020, I, I mentioned before, my business died. And even, even when some stuff started opening up, even when things were going, it took a little bit uh, to, get, to get it going again. And, and I was talking to my account manager, Emily. She says, here's what I want you to do. Call Jill Lightfoot in Columbus, Ohio, because it's a similar market as, as yours, and you're going to talk to her. So I call up Jill, and Jill says, Shout out to Jill. Shout out to Jill. She says, just keep doing your videos. That's it. She says, you know, get intentional about filming videos, post them, keep it up, keep going. And I did. I took her advice. And that was kind of led into that, um, that period where I was tripling and quadrupling my ad spend. And this is the result. And so I would say to any agent that's in that in-between time, just keep filming your videos. Um, platform doesn't have a limit on how many videos 
you can send them that they'll run for you. So keep them filled up with videos. Um, there are it's, it's an all-you-can-eat buffet. We are the golden corral of real estate marketing. Absolutely. Um, if you run out of an idea, ask your account manager. They've got a list of them. They'll say, film this one and go look at so-and-so's example. And they'll give you two or three examples. You tweak it, make it your own. And there's tons of those. And by the way, I'll actually, I'll actually share an idea right now. Um, that's like a brand new, fresh one that the public hasn't even seen yet that we're, we just tested and I just got results on the last 24 hours and it's a retargeting ad that's getting a 25% click rate when we run it. And it's, it's just a photo. So the cool thing is you don't, you don't even have to film a video. And so it's, you go to your town sign, you know, every town has some sign when you're driving into town and it's like, you know welcome to Fort Myers or welcome to Amarillo or welcome to Louisville or whatever. There's usually a sign on the side of the road. Sometimes there's landscaping around the sign mm -hmm. or lighting. Sometimes there's not whatever, but I think you know what I'm talking yep. about, right? Most, most cities have some sort of welcome to fill in the blank sign. And you go there and you bring a couple suitcases and just take a photo of yourself, like, like looking like you're walking by the sign. And I'm fully aware that these signs typically do not have you know, walking paths mm -hmm. next to them, right? So just walk by the sign and make it look like you're like moving to town, but you're walking into town. Like you're holding a suitcase in one hand and you're pulling a suitcase that has wheels on it in the other hand. So it looks like you're like moving to town and you you have everything you, you know, own in these suitcases and you're walking into town right by the Welcome to Louisville sign, right? And what we did is we wrote kind of a template ad that you'll need to customize this obviously because every market's different, right? But what the headline of the ad is that kind of ropes people's attention in is it says eight reasons to pack your bags and move to Louisville. And so it's a photo of you looking like you're moving to Louisville. And the uh, eight reasons are, you know, you mentioned the, you know, uh, how the people are so friendly or how when people ask you, how are you doing around here? Like they actually mean it. How are you doing? Or if you have great schools, talk about that, right? Or if there's one of your favorite restaurants, one tactic we use to get more engagement on the post is we'll just have like reason number six be uh, Louisville cream. This one's so important that it gets its own shout out. <laughs> like that's it, right? Like just like one sentence of like, like, you know, one of the eight reasons to move to Louisville is Louisville cream, right. enough said, you know? And you tag them in it. And a ton of the shares that we're seeing on the first realtor that I tested this with are actually the owners of that restaurant that we tagged. And they're like, we're so thankful. We were listed as one of the top reasons to move to Louisville. And they're sharing it and their friends start sharing it. And so because this ad is kind of a mixture of you bragging about the town that you're in, you know, and about what's actually great about living there, whether it's the weather or taxes or the great schools or you know, I don't know if there is there's pro sports there. Is there a super cool local music scene or whatever it is, right? You come up with eight reasons that people are packing their bags and moving to Louisville, right? Tons of people start sharing it because sharing a post like that of, you know, and by the way, it's you in the photo to be clear. Mm -hmm. So you're the one in the photo, like holding the suitcases, looking like you're, you know, like you've packed your bags and you're moving to Louisville, right? People are sharing it because by sharing it, psychologically what's going on is you're giving them an opportunity to virtue signal that they're proud to live in Louisville. Like, hey, this is what the cool people are doing. They're moving to Louisville. So when they share it, it's essentially, it's it's implied that's like, I'm proud to live in Louisville, right? So people mm -hmm. start sharing this post. And when they do that, they don't necessarily realize it, but they're basically doing your advertising for you. Because when they share it, a bunch of their friends on Facebook will see it. And obviously it's coming from your page, you know, like Neil mm -hmm. Cox, Louisville realtor, right? 
And so this ad is going viral for the first person that I launched it with. But the cool thing is there's nothing about the ad that necessarily makes it um, specific to one market, mm -hmm. right? If you put in the time to customize the ad copy and you get a photo of yourself holding these suitcases, walking by the sign, I know it's gonna work for any other agent who tries it. So this is just like one example of the constant stream of like creative marketing campaign ideas that we come out with platform on like a weekly basis, you know? So when an agent like Neil is is uh, in the platform, you know, we're launching new ideas like this literally, literally every week. So anyway, so anyone listening to this podcast, there's a free idea for you. And I don't worry about sharing our ideas because we come up with new ones like every week and we'll never, you know, if, if your competitive advantage is creativity, no one can take that away from you, right? That's it's right. not a scarce, and, and, it's not a scarce finite resource. Yeah. And there's a, a secret sauce behind that too. They're not just posting that ad and calling it a day. There's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah. I mean, we're not like to be really clear, right? We're not running that to the general public because that right. would be a waste of money. Just blasting out that ad to anyone who lives in Louisville. We're only running it as a retargeting ad only showing to people who have recently clicked on a real estate specific ad. So, you know, people that are actually interested in buying or selling a house in Louisville, the next time they go on, you know, Insta or on Facebook, they'll start seeing that post. And it's just another example of a creative way for Neil to stay top of mind with them. And then maybe the next day they'll see his ad about, is this the best dessert in all of Louisville? And they kind of start piecing together this mental reputation for Neil that, you know, this guy really seems to understand Louisville, you know? I guess we have to pick a real estate agent. We might as well work with him because he really seems both like he knows what he's doing, but he also just kind of seems really cool. It seems like he loves Louisville. Yep. And I do. Uh, I wanted to leave this place when I was growing up, uh, end up here, and I, and I completely am in love with my city it, for real too. It's not just an ad. That's awesome. Well, Neil, thank you for joining us. Uh, on the podcast today, I, I already know this is going to be just a super, super valuable episode. Your your story is really inspiring. And I hope that there's agents listening to this that we have encouraged if maybe they're in that in-between phase where they've put in the work and they've made an investment, but they're not yet harvesting those seeds that they've planted. I hope that they can get encouraged from listening to this, hearing your story going from you know 60K GCI to 300 or maybe even north of 300,000 by the end of the year. I mean, that's insane. So thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, Neil, thank you. Thank you. Film those videos. That's really good.